Oh yeah, I mean, it was crazy because you get the you get a broad spectrum. You get someone uh, like Doctor Benware, who was the Moody professor, and you'd he would be strict, you know, and about you know following certain standards, and you had to have your paper just right and in on time. And then you'd have other paper people and professors like uh, uh, Nate Person or something who would would be a little more relaxed and would say, "Oh well, you can do this or you can do that." And so it was it was a good balance of just all over the spectrum. And uh, what was also cool is uh, they didn't they were important on scripture and supported the scripture, but yet each one had differing views per se on, on how to handle different non essential controversies that are common in the church. And it, it was one of those things that they didn't, it wasn't forced on any student to believe any individual thing. They provided their opinion and the scripture they used to support that opinion and that belief and they left it up to the student to decide, okay, what do you believe on this? What do you believe this Bible is supporting? You can't just say you're wrong. You have to say why and why you're right. If you're not going to believe what I believe, you got to have something to replace it. Welcome to Jackson Hole Bible College Podcast. This is episode 13, and I'm your host, Wade Woodhouse, joined by Gracie Person and Joey Waller. Hello. Hey, y'all. And actually, this is our first episode that we're trying to record together when we're not together. (laughs) So right now, I'm on vacation with my family in Arizona, and Gracie and Joey are still in Jackson at the college. So uh, hopefully this works out. This is kind of experimental, but um, we still wanted to get an episode out for you guys. So here we go. So let's talk a little bit about um, Broomball last week. I missed it because of my vacation, but I heard it was pretty awesome. So go ahead and fill us in what happened. Gracie, you go take it first. All right. Yeah, that was one of my favorite games. We played staff versus students, and we thought we were going to kind of dominate and get the score to three and then start a new game with random people. But they actually gave us a pretty good fight and we only made it two, two, one, right? Yeah. We didn't even finish the three, you know, I know like we sh- that was kind of shameful, but we hey. still did really well. I think I will. And this is the best broom ball group we've probably ever seen as far as like first year kids. Like mm-hmm. they're all amazing. Like last night they were like switching. They were getting in front of the ball. They all have a pretty good idea of what to do on the field. Yeah. They were making plays. Yeah. Also, we gave them all the visitors. So the Peruvian guys that have been coming to our church, they joined and they're like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and also the Wilsons showed up. And so they played with them. And so they had far more people on their team than far. we did. Yeah. I mean, we sh- like we, we would have dominated, but <laughs> I mean, if, if I was there, it would have been no contest. If we would have had weight, <laughs> probably that is true. But Jared oh. actually joined us oh, by yeah. the end of it. It's really funny. He just oh, comes that, out. We scored the winning goal during that period when he came out. Yeah. He left like five minutes before it was over. He's like, "Well, I gotta go to bed." It's like, "Wait, we, uh, Jared, we have five minutes." And he, <laughs> you know, he's disciplined. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I've always wanted to do staff for students, and I don't know if we have before. Have we? No. Um, no. I don't think it would have okay. ever been that close. That's yeah. True. They were really good. A good year to do it because, yes, as you said, um, there's a lot of good players this year. Uh, they, they picked it up pretty fast, so it's been fun. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got this week Brad Belcher's coming. Uh, apparently he's he's feeling well enough after his episode – in what was that November? Yeah, uh, he's in the hospital for a while, and um, by the grace of God, he's doing great. And he's coming to teach this week. He's doing philosophy as always, which coming right after Doctor B. It's another hard class, uh, a lot of homework. The subject can be confusing or difficult for for some students. Uh, philosophy and and world religions and that sort of stuff. Uh, but it's always a good class, and hopefully the students enjoy this. Well, and they're doing it in a shorter amount of time too i think what is it thursday is the test so yeah yeah. so he's doing a whole class in the afternoon on tuesday as well wow two classes in one day to finish it out on thursday that's pretty wow 
very intense. Yeah, it's a great class though. It's a lot of fun, and he's he's a great teacher. Mm -hmm. I love listening to him teach. But um, the subject can be difficult, and yeah, especially cramming into four days this week or this year, that'd be tough. And after Dr. Benware for two weeks, so I feel like that's going to be just another level of exhaustion they're going to feel. <laughs> well, hey, these kids are in college, so we can't feel too bad about them. They got to step up and and uh, do do some hard things. I never said I felt sorry for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Benware called me out on. So Friday, he was like, oh, and you all did well. You guys did extra credit. I was like, extra credit? I was like, we've never gotten that ever. I know. And was, this is the first year. He was like joking. He was like, well, Joe was really sour that you had extra credit. He was just joking. But it was fun. <laughs> but yeah, first year he's offered extra credit, yeah. at least from what I know. Wow. He's getting soft in his old age, I guess, or something. Yes. Yeah. Not good. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh anything else going on this week out, out there at college i know you had a bunch of snow bunch of snow uh we all went all the guys went skiing today all the girls went to idaho falls nice that was fun yeah uh one thing we did last week which is pretty cool we passed out over 500 probably around 600 valentine's tracks it's kind of funny because it's hard for guys to pass those out it gets kind of awkward when they're saying happy valentine's day <laughs> <laughs> I tried to pair him up with a girl so it wasn't so awkward, but ooh, there yeah. was an instance, an in, uh, an incident <laughs> where one of the girls and I, Kyla's her name, we got, we almost got kidnapped. Not gonna, not gonna lie. For real? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. So we we're passing out tracks in front of Target, and it's me, Kyla, and two other guys, students, and then this like kind of heavy set. Whoa. Mexican dude. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> he comes up. There was a and he's like, Hey you two, pointing at me and Kyla. Hey, I need you to come to my truck, get me get flowers for someone who who's in Target. And I was like, Oh, okay, does she work there? And he's like, yeah, she works there. And he, I'm like, What what's her name? She's he's like comes up with a name. So he's coming up with a story as we go. Like <laughs> and at first I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll help you. Sounds and then good. I kinda realized this is weird because he like called both of us out and so he was like yeah come to the truck i'll get him for you i was like no actually bring him here we'll help you just bring him here he's like no you come to the truck and i was like no i think we're gonna stay here you can bring them here and he's like uh never mind and so the truck he pointed at for us to go to he didn't even go back to that truck he like kind of he was kind of just meandering around the parking lot still watching us very creepy so Shoot. first time ever. So I almost even, had a Valentine date unknowingly. Yeah. <laughs> even when you go evangelizing, you should stick in groups, I guess. That's the more story. I guess so. Wow. I was offended I wasn't kidnapped though. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's my new phrase because there's some girls who are kind of paranoid about guys kidnapping them, and I think they're kind of crazy because I don't think it happens that often. It almost. This is unpopular opinion time, but I just don't think we should always be paranoid as girls. Like, live your life and be okay with that. <laughs> and then we have this joke that the girls in my church who are paranoid, that they're offended if they're not kidnapped because they, they're like, why does no one want me? <laughs> so that's the new phrase. <laughs> that's true. You can always find something wrong with every situation, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> cool. All right, well, we got a couple more snow stories to get to. I don't know if we have a Jared story in here, but I've got some um, snow stories we're going to read. So we got more submissions from a couple of people, which is pretty awesome. So this one is from Katie Brooks. Um, Katie. Kat Kathy, yeah, she was a, a student in 2020, 2021. And uh, here's her story. So this I think it's just a snow story. So this is what she says. She says, um, my, my snow story went like this. It was Joey Waller's birthday and my class wanted to surprise him. I don't know if, I don't know if you know where we're going, Joey, but I do not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll never forget it. So <laughs> she says, we were all brain, brainstorming during our class breaks, trying to figure out what we we're going to do for him. Speaking of Joey. After some long discussion and planning, we finally came up with the best birthday gift someone could ask for. 
We had just finished class, so we all rushed to put our materials away and get to the lodge ASAP. Everyone had started a special task to make Joey's gift come together perfectly. And what was that task, you may ask? Collecting snowballs. Once we had all the snowballs in our hands, um, let's go. <laughs> Once we had all the snowballs in our hands, some students stayed in the lodge by the door, and some hid behind the uh, snow banks outside. My class and I eagerly waited for Joey's arrival. You know where we're going, Joey? I, I do. Then <laughs> we saw him come around the corner of of the snow from his house, very casually walking up the. Wait, did I skip a line? Then we saw him around the corner. Um, from his house, very casually walking up the path in the snow, not suspecting a thing. Just a normal day for, of work for Joey, nothing unusual, just heading to his lunch break. Finally, it was time to give Joey his long-awaited birthday gift. He had just arrived a couple feet from the lodge ramp where we all, when we all ran out of the lodge door screaming, Happy Birthday, and started attacking him with snowballs. His face was absolutely priceless. He turned as fast as he could to run away, but one of those... Uh, but had one of those cartoon moments where he kind of slid uh, and was running in place a little bit before he started. <laughs> a little icy out there, huh? It was. Hey, then that's my cousin. You don't mess with him. <laughs> says, oh, what good times. Hope you enjoyed your birthday gift, Joey. Oh, and P.S., she has it on video, so we'll have to oh, watch this. Shoot. We might have to be on the... Also, when this episode comes out, it will be Joey's birthday. Oh, Wow. Just Isn't in that time. insane? Yeah. So happy birthday, post, post video on our new Instagram. <laughs> yeah. No, I do remember that year being like pretty bad. Like that snowball. I remember that on my birthday. But then there was another time when people came to my house and they were outside my door and they're like, come out, Joey. And it, it was <laughs> like, they were like building a fort. I just kept working, but it was. It's funny. I think I had like a budget meeting or something then too. So it was like they're all outside. They were just, I don't know. Yeah, they were pretty obsessed with snow. Yeah. <laughs> and they, you, apparently. They were a good class. It was a fun year. It was good. <laughs> Maybe you'll get another snowball in the face for your birthday this, this week. They don't even know my name this year, so it's it's fine. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Everyone knows Joey here. They don't all know that we're cousins, but they know Joey. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you to Katie Brooks for that one. And then we got another one here from Sydney Hensley Henderson. She was um, she was a student, I believe, the first year you were on staff, right, Grace? Yeah. So 2018, 19. Yep. 18, 19. All right. Um, All right. So she said we already talked about Jared's story, her favorite Jared story, which was the blue cheese mac and cheese. (laughs) <laughs> um, that was here uh she said that was one for the record record books um all right snow story from sydney she says there was a ton of snow my year and it was awesome on so many levels we had amazing skiing and snowboarding memories however i do not like snow it was pretty to look at but i really don't like being in it lol the memory that sticks out to me is when my roommate told me something or told me Excuse me. The memory that sticks out to me is when my roommate roommate say something would quote warm my cold snow hating. Oh, okay, <laughs> this is hard to read because uh, uh, all the line is like oh. it's all one line and then it switches and it's all one skinny line. So the memory that sticks out to Sydney is when her roommate told her that someday something would quote. Warm my cold, snow-hating heart, unquote. <laughs> and then a bunch of smiley face emojis with laughing. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry I butchered that. Yeah, uh, I kind of didn't track. I'm sorry. <laughs> should we start over? <laughs> Maybe. I did not Take catch two. any of that. Take two. <laughs> you know I think I should read it before I, I, you know, read it on the air. So that I have <laughs> your familiarity for me, but... Um, anyway, I wonder if her, her warm, her, her, her cold, no hating heart has been warmed yet. Yeah. Uh, well, she's in Georgia, right? Is that where she's at? Uh, she was in Georgia, but I feel like she's she went been, to Bolivia. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe she's only, it was just, like, she'll have to let us know. Um, anyway, but another mention of Jared's blue cheese, mac and cheese, you know, so that, that goes down in history as one of the worst meals of all time. 
<laughs> Shout out to Jason. Just his birthday. I'm sure he had some blue cheese on his birthday. I think we did. I think he did for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Um, hopefully uh, next time I won't butcher that. But uh, thank you for your story, Sydney and Katie Brooks. And now let's move on to our interview. We had Gracie and I got to have an interview with another alumni, uh, Reed Shea. We'll talk about it. But he was his class was the smallest class of all time. Well, in recent years. And they also had half of their year cut short by COVID. So we, we talk a lot about that. So um, go ahead and enjoy this interview with Reed Shea. All right, this week for our alumni interview, we're here with Reed Shea, and he he's a part of a uh, little-known fact about Reed. He's famous for being part of the smallest class in recent history. And how many was that? Yeah, that was uh, 10 students overall. And what year was that? What How, how long ago was that? That was uh, 2019 through 2020, so that's uh, four, five years now. Wow, you're getting old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me about it. Yeah. He's also classmates with Ian. Um, you guys know Ian from, uh, he's the guy that made our drops for the show, and we'll get him on, on at some point. But uh, today we have Reed. Thank you for being here, Reed. Um, let's talk about uh, what was your favorite professor when you were a student, and why was that? Was he your favorite professor? Well, yeah, um, we had a lot of good professors. Um, my favorite was Michael Powell. I don't think we've had him in recent years, Mm-mm. just because, well, I grew up in a church that kind of... Well, not to say anything bad about anything, but I mean, it was one of those things I didn't get fed very well, whether it was me or the age or the, however it was, but uh, I come up here in uh, this class, the, he did the, the attributes of God Mm -hmm. and I just learned things about God that, well, I had the assumptions. I had the, you know, basic, you know, Awana's knowledge of what, Mm -hmm. what God was like. And uh, I got up here and found out all these things that. I didn't realize were true, and then they pointed to a Bible verse to support it, and I go, well, I guess you can't argue with that. So, <laughs> so pretty, it opened your eyes to just the 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 excuse me the ability of Scripture to back itself up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that's really cool. Yeah, it was a very impactful class, and yeah, we haven't had Mike for a couple of years now. We had to fit some other classes in, but um, he definitely, I he, he's a very good teacher of the Bible. I remember we had a JHPC reunion in uh 2016 or something um and it was during the summer and we we had a bunch of alumni come and we did like kind of like a mini conference and he was one of the speakers and he he went through kind of like an overview of ecclesiastes and i really enjoyed that um kind of brought that book to life for me and and hit hard on on the application part of it too i have a lot of notes in my bible still from it um so, yeah, I, I really appreciate Mike Powell as well. Um, any other professors that stood out to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was crazy because you, you get a broad spectrum. You get someone uh, like Dr. Benware, who was the Moody professor, and you'd, he would be strict, you know, and about, you know, following certain standards, and you had to have your paper just writing in on time, and then you'd have other paper people and professors like uh, uh, Nate Person or something who would, would be a little more relaxed and would say, oh, well, you can – do this or you can do that and so it was it was a good balance of just uh, all over the spectrum and uh what was also cool is uh they didn't they were important on scripture and supported the scripture but yet each one had differing views per se on on how to handle different non-essential controversies that are common in the church and it it was one of those things that they didn't it wasn't forced on any student to believe any individual thing. They provided their opinion and the scripture they used to support that opinion and that belief. And they left it up to the student to decide, okay, what do you believe on this? What do you believe this Bible is supporting? You can't just say you're wrong. You have to say why and why you're right. If you're not going to believe what I believe, you got to have something to replace it, mm-hmm. something to support yourself. So Yeah, I like that you said that. And that's something Pastor Don also says a lot he's like i'm fine if you disagree with me but 
you need to tell me why and show me where I'm wrong in the scriptures and not just leave it at, oh, I disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So mm-hmm. I think that that's definitely something that our college in general does a good job at is um, not forcing you to believe it, but for if you do disagree, forcing you to uh, get your own opinion and back it up with scripture as to why you, you mm-hmm. disagree. Which, you even have professors who kind of invite scrutiny. Yeah. Because truth invites scrutiny and they they say, come at me with biblical support against my view. And I love that because you can have, you can iron sharpen iron um, with each other and kind of be good Bereans. And I think that that is some of the best ways to grow is mm-hmm. when you're forced into that situation. I remember um, there was one time during uh, a couple years ago, I'm not going to mention any names, but <laughs> I had the guys during our Bible study, we used to do it a little bit different than we do now, um, but it came up during the Bible study time, uh, The I forget the issue, I think it was had to do with um, salvation, I believe, um, and most of the students were on one side, and one or two were on the other side of the argument, and I told them, all right, next week, you guys need to do your research on this topic and um, come with an argument to present to the rest of the, the students here. And afterwards, one of the guys... Uh, so the next week happened, and we, we all talked about it, and um, nobody's minds was changed. So <laughs> everyone was was, was solid in, in the way they, they viewed that topic. And one of the students came up to me afterwards. He's like, that was pointless. Like, nothing happened. I'm like... Actually, I think it was a great exercise because now you guys are a lot more, you in your own mind and hearts know where you stand a lot better than you did last week because you were able to research it and now you can articulate it better backed up with scripture. And then he's like, oh yeah, like I see. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a cool moment for me too. Like, um, just, you know, I had, I had an impact on, on, you know, their thinking in that area. So. Um, I like that you said that, Reed. That was that was cool. Um, all right, I want to know what are one of you, what's one of your best memories, or maybe one of your favorite memories? Because I know there's a lot of memories, but um, what are one or two that you can point to that have stuck with you throughout the years? Oh man, well there's there there's a lot, and it's uh, it's hard to pick one thing out. I mean, it's been five years ago, but uh, just just the the camaraderie and the closeness of it, and the the fact that my class in in particular was so small, only ten students, we we uh, we got a table mm-hmm. at a uh, I don't even know where we got it. I don't it actually, now. yeah, it it came out of uh, an apartment that um, a lady I work for had for her some of her employees, and she was um, she was done with her, her that apartment, so I had to move all the stuff out. And she's like, "Hey, do you want this table?" I'm like, "Sure." And it was, Really big, beefy table. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, it's a big square-shaped table. Well, all the other ta- tables in the in the lodge where we eat are round, and uh, you can fit about eight, maybe nine on that table, but just ten was not comfortable. On this big, beefy square table, you could put four on either side and one on each end, and it fit. Mm-hmm. All of the students would sit at the same table every week, and it just it kept everything close. It kept everything tight. Nobody escaped. You always got to talk to people. Mm-hmm. So. Um, just the, just, that was just one thing is every, every meal for lunch, dinner, breakfast, we're all sitting at the same table talking about it like a family, like, mm-hmm. like how it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was very, very unique. Very cool. The only downside is, you know, staff never got to sit with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a downside. Is that a downside? Is that, maybe it's an upside. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why I enjoyed that year so much. <laughs> no, it was very cool to see you every meal, all you, all 10 of you at the same table. Um, that was that was really neat to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else? Any other good memories? Oh well, we we did a lot of those late night studies, which were um, y'all were kind fun. of a y'all kind of were a debative class. I would say not like in a bad way. You were trying to get down to the bottom of things. Oh yeah, absolutely. All the time, which is cool. Yeah. I think it. You were one of the. I was the problem. I was no, the you weren't the problem. <laughs> no, instigator maybe, but it's yeah. <laughs> not a problem. No, it was cool. Y'all were really seeking or searching the scriptures for what you believed in that, at that point. So it's yeah. cool. I remember a couple times sitting down with a professor after class and him kind of getting on to me saying, you got to go and start with that assignment. You know, it's already three o'clock and you got, you know, cause we, I'd go sit down there and 
Oh, you and, uh, you'd ask the I'd be talking to the yeah. professor and like asking on these things because I'm like, well, I just don't understand this, and you know, he's a lot smarter than me, and he we're flipping all over the Bible, and then what was great was if you didn't weren't satisfied with what the answers you got, and if you feel like you know I don't know, you know, or any questions, if you thought of anything later after the professor's gone, the next professor is another Christian professor. It might not be his area of teaching, but you can go to that professor and ask the same questions mm. and say, okay you know what are your thoughts on this hmm. and get another another round or another oh, a different perspective on it which was just super beneficial and super super clarifying at least for me anyway so mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent um okay what is something that you learned here while you're a student at jhbc that you still implement in your daily life um even now five years later there's something that stuck with you this whole time that you're like, man, I'm so glad I u- I learned that because I use it all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, the main thing that at least for me that is is to recognize differences because we have there are so many divisions and differences within the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You have all these different denominations, all these different thought processes, and there's a popular joke about the the baptist who's on a bridge and about to you know commit suicide and the other guy walks up to him and says man you know we're you you're, you can't you, you got so much to live for i'm a baptist too and they get to talking and then he finds out that he's a different denomination of baptist and he says oh you heretic and pushes him off the bridge what? like <laughs> sometimes it seems like that's how the christians are oh he's a lutheran we can't talk to him oh sure. he's you know too charismatic or oh mm-hmm. he's you know too liberal or not not legalist enough for us you know we we've got all these divisions and the bottom line is we as christians we need to be discerning in what is going to be an issue worth fighting over and worth dividing over in comparison to issues that we can debate and talk about and discuss mm-hmm. and at the end of the day we can walk away friends and say look i disagree with you on that topic but we're but you're still my brother in Christ because you have faith in Christ Jesus. You, mm. you, you have, he is your savior and mm. you've got the gospel down. Now what you believe about communion, what you believe about, you know, these other topics that are not essential, you know, they're important to discuss, important to know where you're at, but not essential. And so for me, um, at least growing up, I was always of the mind, if they believe something different then well, oh, well, maybe I don't even know if we can be friends with them, you know, and mm. I get up here and I learn, okay, you know, divisions are good because like Gracie said a little bit ago, iron sharpens iron. When you have someone who disagrees against you, it's like a, a different grain sharpening a knife. It's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's a beneficial and it solidifies what you believe yeah. and forces you to support what you believe. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, and kind of moving right along, what would be your best advice to your fellow alumni? It would, would it stick in that vein of, of not worrying too much about little differences as long as the core uh, beliefs are the same? Or do you have something else for advice? Oh, no, yeah, that's that's definitely something I would say is the, the just don't get hung up on differences and but yet at the same time recognize if there is a difference of that is salvific. You know, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to confront that and say, look, this is what the Bible says. This is what the gospel set is. And if you're not believing that, then you are not a Christian. And the Bible says in certain areas, when you find someone in sin or in, mm-hmm. in areas of unconfessed sin, you confront them about it. And uh, if they don't accept it, the what the Bible recommends is treat them as if they were an unbeliever. It doesn't say shun them and don't have anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. You, you treat them as an unbeliever. So you witness to them. You love them. You share the gospel again and again and again and pray that the Lord will will bring them to a knowledge of, of, of salvation, bring them to himself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not giving up on somebody. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like that you said that. That's that's very good. Um, all right, so you've been gone for, well, as a student gone. You come mm-hmm. back and visit all the time. But um, catch us up on what you've been doing since you left JHPC. Oh, yeah, well, um, I uh, left JHPC and went back home and jumped right into helping my dad on the ranch and Where's home for you? Uh, I'm from Kansas, and mm-hmm. uh, so northwestern Kansas, and where where the wind blows all the time. <laughs> so and the buffaloes. Roam. I guess, but 
no, yeah, it's been it's been it's been a lot of a lot of work, and uh, mm -hmm. it's been good to know to get that work ethic in and to get some get some stuff done. And I'm at the point now where I've uh, decided that I, uh, as fun as it is, and it's the family business, it's enjoyable. But I'm deciding to go a different route. I'm working on uh, getting my pilot's license, maybe going into aviation, uh, whether it's more corporate, local stuff, or commercial. Uh, just uh, seeing w what doors the Lord opens. Mm, so. Really cool. How far along are you in that process of aviation? Well, um, to get the private license, you need uh, 40 hours. I'm at 26, so a little over halfway. Uh, I've hit a couple hiccups. Uh, my instructor is moving back to Montana, so I'm needing to find a new instructor. But um, as a reference, he's put me in the plane alone and said, oh, and apparently trusted me to fly around with it and not not hurt myself so that's always enjoyable so so you've you've done solo flights oh yeah absolutely wow. yeah yep. awesome and do you love it it is uh it's pretty spe spectacular i would consider it a joy to do that and get paid to do it so mm -hmm. sure <laughs> that's cool and like what would you want to do with that would you want to be like a commercial pilot or more a specialty type pilot or what do you think well yeah prop the, duster yeah the problem with commercial <laughs> work is you're constantly on the on the move you're constantly out of town you're far away and so if i ever uh end up settling down i would want to be at home and present father and husband mm -hmm. and i would want to be involved i believe that's my duty as a husband and that supersedes my duty to provide i would rather do something i don't enjoy mm -hmm. than neglect what god has called me to do as a man sure. um so Essentially, my thought is, yes, some local corporate work like uh, crop dusting or uh, mail delivery or something like that or uh, some, something local are there, is my idea. So. Are there many other jobs that are like, oh, yeah, I can just work in a day and I'm always home for night with aviation? Or is it kind of pretty narrow if you want, if that's what you want? It's a little more options. narrow as far as that goes because the purpose of airplanes is to travel long distances. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. that takes time, so... But I've heard you can but. do, like, I've heard of a lot of um, pilots who, like, they'll work half a month, and they'll they'll be gone for a while, but then they'll be home the rest of the month or whatever. And oh, so they absolutely. can be 100% home when they're home. When they're home. So it's not, like, it's not as big of a deal, yeah. I Oh, absolutely. Yep, yep. Uh, for instance, oil workers, they have a route. They fly over an oil pipeline and make sure there's no leaks. Mm. And they'll fly a couple hundred miles, and then they'll come back. So it might take them a week to complete their route along this pipeline, but when they get back they can take a week off to do whatever they need to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of the beauty of these kind of things is you can kind of pick up however, if you don't have a contract, you can kind of pick up however much work you need. So. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess you got a bunch of different options there. Yep. Cool. And uh, I'm bottom line, I'm waiting to see what doors the Lord opens and see, let him mm -hmm. provide. He's definitely led me as far as I've gone so far and opened up doors and opportunities for me as... Uh, so far so i'm just trusting that he's going to in the right time and until then i'm going to continue working and being diligent and mm -hmm. collecting capital so love it um okay so let's let's go back and talk about your school year a little bit because your school year <laughs> was 2019 2020 so halfway you're half more a little bit more than halfway done and covid hits oh yep yep so spring break i i remember vividly where <laughs> everyone's going home and you're saying bye students, see you in a yeah. month. And, and then, uh, we, my school year, we wound up going to Israel on the Israel trip. Mm -hmm. Um, and Israel was a little more stringent on COVID at that point. Uh, nobody was really scared of it yet. Well, the because, government was, uh, yeah, when you, were. when you left for Israel, so this was early March of 2020 oh, yeah. and like we had been he hearing about COVID in the news, but like you're like okay well like whatever like the swine flu or something yeah. that you hear about and, and it never really affects you um so we were call, all, all kind of in that boat and so you guys went to israel you had a great time right how no, best trip ever was was there much covid in israel like in those, um it was like there? i would say halfway through we got like israel started shutting down like yeah we couldn't believe whole tour tour buses were filled with people would just fly home just like that. They wouldn't finish their tour. They started shutting down Holy Land sites. However, right before that, sorry, I kind of took over because I was there, I was there <laughs> yeah. on this trip too. But um, right before everything shut down, <clears throat> people are kind of going crazy. So they're heading home. 
and we end up having the Holy Land all to ourselves. Because we're like, uh, we'll just continue ours. We're not that scared. Yeah. So then we we didn't have to deal with the crowds of people. We kind of had it to ourselves. And wow, was it amazing. And right when the day we left, all the Holy Land shut down. Or like all the Holy Sites. And I think the next day they shut down flights out of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, <laughs> it was we like, were one we were of the blessed. last flights out. Yeah. One of the last and flights one out. of the last flights yes. they let into America. Cause one of the yes. guys on our, on our group actually had a flight a day later. Cause he wanted to stay with his wife an extra day, just the two of them or whatever. And he had to reschedule and get on our flight because his flight was canceled. <laughs> so oh, he man. was scrambling trying to get out of Israel. He didn't want to be quarantined in Israel for however long. Cause I mean, I don't know. Would, yeah. he, would he still be over there? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I would not want to be over there right now. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. No, wow. not quite. But it was, it was, it was a wild ride. Uh, definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as trips go, that was just, it, it was, it blew me away. Just, uh, getting to see everything and the idea of you read a place in the Bible and your mind creates a imaginary scene mm-hmm. of it. And then you go and you stand there. And you say, right here was where he stood, or right here is where, you know, he was, you know, uh, he walked through this gate. He did whatever. I mean, you can, when you're standing there and see it, it, it puts a whole new perspective and it makes it come alive. It makes it real. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I, I went to Israel in 2014 and there, a lot of it's changed, obviously, in 2000 years. But there's a couple of places where they've dug down or it's preserved from how it was in Jesus' day. And I remember the tour guide saying, like, Jesus walked on these stones. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, and I walked on them, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> oh, or the Mount of Olives, cool. and you're yeah. like, Jesus returning to this very mountain where I'm standing. Whoa. Yeah, it's very, very Insane. cool. If anyone gets the opportunity to go to Israel, you know, it's kind of turmoil there now, but I definitely recommend it. Um, For sure. I have a funny story. Can I? Yeah. It's about it. the, it's it's during the Israel trip. <laughs> it might be embarrassing for Reed, but I just want to oh, no. color him in a little bit. <laughs> so Reed, not afraid of a crowd, not inf- not afraid to like just get up in front of a crowd and tell a joke. Okay. One night we were at the Dead Sea, and that was like the funnest night of our lives. But there was like in the middle of the town, we went walking the streets. <laughs> he knows what I'm about to say. So we were walking the streets. We had just floated in the Dead Sea. It was so awesome. We kind of had like this bougie hotel with white robes. And so anyway, we're going to live it up. So we went to a coffee shop, which, what was it called? Uh, Aroma Coffee. Aroma. The Aroma. best coffee you'll ever... Anyway, so we're walking through the streets. We see this plaza in the middle of the town. It's kind of like fresh grass. And then there's a little stage. And we kind of all sit down and my cousin Joey, who's really, you've heard him on the podcast. He's very funny. He's a comedian. Um, and so he gets up and he starts doing like a stand up comedy. And I think everyone wanted to contribute something to the stand up comedy. So he would like ask the crowd to come in. And it wasn't a crowd. It was just like eight of us, maybe yeah. young, the younger yeah. folk of the group. And so we had some weird acts. Like I think Ian Austin went up and just like held his breath. He for held his long. breath for two minutes. Two minutes. It was, it was impressive. Wild. That's actually kind of impressive. <laughs> if, you, if you don't practice that, that's yeah. yeah. I mean, it was kind of scary when he passed out though, but yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Just like he hit his head and I no, think he was okay. No, no. But, no, just kidding. <laughs> he, he was impressive. He was good. So and then I think the, the, the prime sisters sang. Oh yes. Yeah. I don't think I did anything. It was more fun to watch. But yeah. So what did Reed do? Reed. Reed. I don't know the story. Reed loves telling stories. He loves giving a joke. And we end up sitting through, like, it was a a long joke. We didn't expect it to be that long, but it it was good. Like, it kept you engaged, but it was also like, where's the punchline? This is like, like, he's going, (laughs) I think some of us kind of, like, are, we kind of zoned out for a little bit. So then he's like, and then you forgot the brakes or something like that was like the punchline. I'm sorry. I probably butchered that. But anyway, we can't have you tell it because it might go too long. I'll be here forever. (laughs) I'll have Joe Joe tell it next time. He he tells it better. So yeah, the funny thing is like, we're like, good job. Like, it's like. Because you didn't understand it. Yeah, we didn't really, it didn't, it didn't like smack like a, you know, punchline shit or something. I don't know. I'm sorry, Reed. I'm sure you're way better after five years of practice, <laughs> yes. but, um, then we're like walking away from the plaza and Joey, we're like, okay, so what was the joke about? Someone explain it. And Joey's like, 
so yada 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 and like within like a minute he tells the story and we die laughing <laughs> oh, we no. like he got he got the laughs that Reed should have got oh, and no. like Reed never forgets oh can I tell one more story <laughs> sorry this is going a little yeah while we have Reed here you may <laughs> as well this is even this is the same night do I even need to be here for this like, <laughs> can I go do I have to this is not an interview of Reed anymore this is just like oh this is wow this is great same night, we get back to the hotel after this, after he is on the stage and everything, after we do our, like, stand-up comedy, and we notice, like, in the lounge, or what do you call that? Like, the lobby? Yeah, the lobby. There's live music, people are sitting... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, like, we're feeling pretty, like, yeah, we're gonna have a good time. So, we go into, like, the lounge, and we're... We're, like, starting to get into the music a little bit. Joey's kind of, like, he starts dancing, and we're like, okay, Joe! And he, like, joins the live music, and it's fun. And then we're like, Reed, wait, didn't someone... You explain Joey, this part. Okay, so Joey <laughs> came up after, because they were singing, I don't know, there's something going on. It was, like, a hip-hop, and Joey was doing it. And he got done, and he was all sweaty and tired, and he got over to the edge and said, now you go do it. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not going to go do that. And he said, no, no, no. And we looked over on the other side, and there was this. It was kind of the. It was like the mood was set. It was low lighting. It was dark, but like there's there pianos lights, going. Yeah. There's people dancing, and there's this. There's this girl sitting on this little blonde girl sitting over on the other side of the of the room. And he said, "Reed, see that little blonde girl over there? She's like acting like she's in the music, and she she's like her. She looked like young twenties. And mm-hmm. he was like, "You should go ask her if she wants to dance. Like, I mean, this is like a slow dance song. You probably could dance to this one. Like." <laughs> Go ask her. And if we're she like, you don't read. You should yeah, do. You, you should, should do. do it. And I was like, no. We I don't. pull out our phones to like video, and <laughs> I said, I don't want to do it. And Joe said, I'll pay you ten dollars. And I mean, I'm a college student. I'm broke. <laughs> I need the money. I said, okay, all right, I'll do it. And I walk over there, and I walk over there, and I kind of approach from the side, and I couldn't quite see her face. And I got around. And I, I uh, got by the time I got around in front to introduce myself and ask if she wanted to dance. I realized my mistake. She wasn't a little blonde lady. She was a white-haired, elderly-looking woman. Um, I, I, I'm not good at guessing ages because she was also foreign. She didn't speak English. She looked foreign. I'm guessing. I don't know, but she was probably in her 60s, 70s. She was somebody's grandmother. Oh, man. And I walked up and said, you, you looked like you wanted to dance. At that point, I was committed, and I said, well... Yeah. He I'm just going to send it. I said, you look like you wanted to dance. Would you like to dance? And she just, her eyes got really big and she like hunched her shoulders and shook her head adamantly. Oh, no. She did not want to dance, at least not with me. Oh, no. And then the man who I thought was maybe her father sitting behind her, put his hand on her shoulder and looked up at me with a fierce defensiveness in his eyes. And I realized, oh, that's her husband. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Oh, man, the um, walk of shame after that. And so, uh, well, I was more like a run of terror. I, was, I thought this guy was going to, I mean, I, I don't know what the laws are in this air, in this in this spot. I, I hoped I wasn't going get, to get beat up or anything. So I get back over to Joey and I got paid. So Wow. And I told Joey and Joey was like, oh, worth every penny. <laughs> so, that was so worth it for us. Oh, man. Yeah, you, all, you, I learned a valuable lesson, though. You're a good sport, though. Like, <laughs> one thing about Reed is we give him a hard time, and I think he's grown out of that a lot. Like, I feel like he's, we don't give him as hard of a time as we used to, but he's always been a good sport, so that's cool. Oh, yeah. Easy to pick on sometimes, but also, like, he takes it like a champ. Yeah, so um, getting back full story to COVID, um, I do want to just talk about the rest of your school year a little bit, because you're, it was very unprecedented, you know, COVID and all that, but... So you guys all left for spring break, and then you didn't come back till June. No, right? yeah, yeah. That everything <clears throat> shut down last. We flight, came back from we Israel. Like, we came back from Israel. Right. One of the to last a different flight. country. I'm telling you, we. But then everyone went to their their, their yes, homes. Yes, yeah. yeah. Everything was shut down. Our flight came back to Jackson, but like airports were shutting down. Mm-hmm. People were quarantining stuff. Uh, the it was so Kuhn crazy. family got stuck down in Arizona for like two or three weeks, didn't they? Because yeah. everything yeah. was shut down. They mm-hmm. couldn't. They like it was quarantine. They couldn't get out yeah. of Arizona. We couldn't we, even find a restaurant. Like we we're oh, it was so bad. We just wanted some meat because we've been in Israel eating like falafel, and we were like, "Yes, we have to go to Subway." It was like the only place open. I want something not kosher. Yes, <laughs> just, with yes. cheese and meat on it. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, no, it was a different country we came it back was... to. But... And so yeah, so here at the school, we we didn't know what to do, so we just told everyone was already at their their homes for spring break, 
and so we just told everyone to stay home and we decided to continue the year over zoom which <laughs> that was a great idea uh <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> I don't think it really translated. It was funny because Ian was still here. Uh, he never left. Uh, he was here the whole time. So he was the only student we had. And so every every morning, we Jared and I would, would set up Zoom in the classroom. And whoever was teaching, uh, Pastor Don did some classes. I don't know if we had any professors do Zoom teaching. Yeah, they did. Besides, they did? Brian like, Mariani? I know Brian mm-hmm. did. Yeah. He did a... That was uh, the funniest one. So Brian Mariani, he used to lead our... our uh, our spring geology trip and so he did he <laughs> instead did of them going on the trip a virtual uh one week trip <laughs> over zoom all i remember well i'm not gonna say everything i remember but i just remember sometimes jared would be like hope y'all are doing well and i would be watching the live stream or like i would be listening to it while i'm working and ian would be laid out on a couch just sleeping through the class. oh yes yeah. <laughs> like jared wake this kid up he but... would sleep the entire time and but I don't blame, no one like, knew what happened behind the computer screen for the other students. They could, like, mute themselves. I mean... It, it was so funny, too, because, yeah, you could see all, like, on Zoom, you can see all the little squares of yes, everybody. yeah. And, and you'd be watching, and there'd be some students that just leave. And you're like, okay, like, I guess they went to the bathroom, or they're bored, or they're hungry. Like, I don't know. What was your experience, Reed, doing um, JHBC classes through Zoom? Well, um, my experience was I have a pretty big family. There is... I have eight seven siblings i'm the eighth sibling um and how many have come to the college here as uh, students so far two of my siblings have um one's coming next year and one is coming planning on coming next year nice so it's been a it's so my experience was i uh, got back home and the house that i live in is a little little cramped and i didn't want to move back in so i moved into a my a hunting cabin that we have that's right to yeah. where i could be you know <laughs> independent on my own and plus it was a more convenient location for for checking cattle and running the ranch well the problem with that place was it was down in a in a in a valley it was in the bottom of draw where there's no cell phone service so every day for a couple months i would go up drive to the top of the hill to do class and then after class ends at noon i could go and i could do cattle stuff um but i would drive to the top of the hill and sit in my pickup for the class and professors still know me by the fact that I sat in the pickup, they're like, oh, you were the guy in the pickup over Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was me. All these students are in their PJs in their house, and I'm there with a heavy winter coat on because it's, you know, snowing out or whatever. And you had to turn your truck off probably because, like, three hours of class. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just sitting there with it idling, <laughs> sitting in the pickup, you know. Oh, boy. I got some funny looks. I had to mute it a couple times because people were pulling over and asking, like, are you all right? Are you broke down? And I'm like, no, I'm just doing <laughs> online classes. And he's like, oh, okay, well... Yeah, COVID's crazy and drives off some farmer, you know. But yeah, really, uh, yeah, it was one of those things that uh, it it was pretty wild. Um, it was really hard sometimes with over Zoom because yeah. you feel like you get shorted. You missed out on the last couple months of it. Um, but what really helped is uh, we decided we we're going to do, the college decided they were going to do two new more weeks of class. What They did Life of Christ and, no, they didn't do Life of Christ. What they, what, what, what was the last two weeks? Um for like when you came back in yeah June. we came back oh, in uh, worldview no was it apologetics did apologetics. yes I think, yes apologetics yeah. we came back and did a two week class of apologetics um, in June and uh, which was it was really nice because then you get to see Jackson in the in the summer which a lot of people don't get it was so. a, yeah. it was a really cool two weeks because we thought oh we'll just send the students home for maybe another two weeks and this COVID thing will be over right yeah. and but then it lasts forever and then it was so nice to have closure on the year to have a graduation, but a two weeks time of getting some class in, but also having as much fun as possible. Mm-hmm. We went on so many hikes and we even did like a formal, we, we kind of just crammed everything we could. And it was in the summer, which is nice because we could play ultimate Frisbee and we yeah. had, it, we planned a big two weeks for them. We did hikes, we did mm. waterboarding. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Waterboarding? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> I am so sorry. I got mixed up with uh, whitewater rafting and snowboarding. <laughs> I, I tried. We to really implemented a lot of new things. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it was great. It was, it was a, it's a good way to end a choppy last two months. That's too funny. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it worked out, and and then since you missed the geology trip, you know you did a virtual trip. Uh, we got we invited all the students from Reed's year 
to go on the geology trip next the next year with us and and uh, about half of you came yeah yeah the next year so you did get to experience um the trip the real trip um and that was kind of cool because we had a bunch of people yeah. oh yeah we had there were no extra seats on the bus yeah. we had every seat on the bus had a person sitting there <laughs> yeah and that was that, that yeah was, that was uh, uh, abby norris and john mark's year and all, all them uh, and that was a big class they had yeah they had a lot of students that year 24 or 5 plus half of Reed's class, which that's not very many people, but um, all together, you know, that made a fun two weeks uh, on the road with, with joint classes. So absolutely, we, we kind of made it up to you, but um, yeah, you'll go down as, as the, the small COVID year, I guess, in, in the history books. Another thing y'all did, just a <clears throat> random side note, your class was really into music, at least the guys, and y'all would just leave campus random times and just go to the church and play music I don't know. It was just like an interesting, I have never yeah, met a class that would just go on stage at church and they would be satisfied to do that all day. And just half the gym music. nights turned into just jam nights. Yeah, literally. We <laughs> were like, let's play volleyball, but they would go and just play music. <laughs> but yeah, it was no. fun. Yeah, and funny story about that, actually. Um, a couple of times we went in there and uh, we would use the camp's uh, wood truck. No, well, at least one time I remember we went in there and we took the camp's Yukon in and then uh, Jared needed to use it to go pick up the girls from school. And so we were left with the wood truck to drive back out. And I was the only one among them who knew how to drive stick, the manual transmission anyway. Um, and it was interesting because I was not amazing at it at that point in time. Mm -hmm. I knew how, I knew that I could do it, but I wasn't amazing. And Toyotas are notorious for being very easy to kill. So, uh, we got in and on the drive back, the guys are laughing at me the whole time as I stall, I'm stalling out at stoplights and Jackson traffic, people are honking and yeah. I'm like, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying. And we're, we're, oh, it was, it was, it was just a great, it was a great time. Great experience. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's funny. And you've come back. Wow. You've come back to visit a lot, right? At least every year. Every I, year, I try at to, least once. I try to come back every year for, for about a week. I come up and do a week of broom ball or yeah, do snowboarding. some snowboarding and spend time with the new year of students. And, and come to the white elephant party. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not doing that intentional. This is, <laughs> this is the third year that I've come up, the third year in a row, I've come up and thought, well, I'm going to come up in the middle of January when nothing's going on and it's really relaxed and I won't bother anybody. Uh, and I come up and literally they plan the white elephant gift part exchange party for that week. And Every I mean, year. I don't, I don't know. I show up and they're like, Oh, we're doing the white elephant party this week. And this is the third year I've been in it and been like, well, I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to bother you guys. I need to get at, out of the way. At this point, you should probably just ask us when our party is going to be and then plan. No, it. we'll ask you and we'll plan it exactly. All right, when hey, you Reed, when you come out. Okay, great. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it the other way around. That's too funny. It's tradition at this point. So yeah, I, I guess, guess we, we got to keep it going. This, yeah. All right. Well, hey, we went we went for quite a long time, and this was awesome. So much fun uh, having you come and sit down with us, Reed, and and talk about all your memories and um, that sort of thing. So, thank you so much for coming on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys yeah, for having thank me. You. Well, thank you so much to Reed for coming on with us. I think we had so much fun just sitting down with him, talking about all those memories and talking about those funny stories in Israel that I'm sure Joey has some comments about. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And so I think we need to clear something up because we were talking before the episode and one of one of Reed's stories has a discrepancy. So it's the one about uh, where he went to go ask um, the lady to dance with him. Joey you you told him to go ask her, and so he did. For how much was it? Ten dollars? He said it was like ten or twenty dollars. But <laughs> I so he said that it was a younger lady that he approached and asked out. But if my memory serves me correctly, it was an I. We all thought, at least I thought, it was like a a lady that was, you know, I don't know what our audience is, but she was probably like I figured she was like sixty five plus, um, and even. Ian says like her clap that she had like looked like an old person clap like yes like very that's what I remember too it was the old so then I was like I see this old lady I was like that's fun and appropriate to make that to ask an old older lady 
um, to dance. And so then he walks over there and he realizes she is not that old. Like that Uh-oh. was so funny because she's like, Oh, I'm here with my husband. This is weird or whatever. And so that's why it was like so much more awkward. Cause I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to get eat with right. on. We'll have to like get a third person to collaborate with our story. But that's what I remember. Okay. So I read. Either way, still super funny. And uh, I can't believe that he actually went and, and did that. Yeah, so. his part is just he's like, I walked over there and she morphed into a young person. Like we all thought super old. And then she just totally changed into a young person. So and that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I like I like to what he said about um, it's OK if there's some differences between um, our theologies as long as the core salvific issues and, and certain other core ones are solid. It's okay if we have differences because that actually um, helps to strengthen each other. Um, kind of like iron sharpens iron, you know, mm. you get to have healthy debate and figure out uh, where you are and strengthen your own position. And um, you don't have to be upset at, at other people that don't believe the same as you. Um, you can work with them and appreciate the differences, but um, don't just, you know, have nothing to do with them because they have slightly different views on certain things. So I thought that was really cool of him to say that. And it's a neat little nugget there. Yeah. I find I can't learn until I hear the like contradicting argument. Like if someone tells me something and I don't have anything to contradict it and I'm like, Oh, okay, that sounds good. Like, yeah, I probably believe that. But when I hear the alternative or, you know, that really forces me to think and kind of work it out for myself. Mm. Oh, that's so true. I think it's, best in a classroom setting when someone disagrees yeah better even than if everyone just goes along with what the professor's saying because what you're really gonna remember is and what's really gonna cause you to think is the controversy no you're right i i remember our year i don't know if you're part of that wade but um it was during it was during our revelations daniel class um it was barb leslie at the time but it was all, you know, pre-trib and everything like that. And there was one, there was a staff member actually at the time that was kind of thinking like, hey, well, maybe, maybe it's post-trib or something like that. But when he asked that initially, I was like, what? But then when I saw like the argument play out, I, I was definitely solidified in my view. I was like, oh, like, no, God is going to take care of his bride. He's not going to just, you know, let her be destroyed or pour wrath on, on the church like that. But it was very interesting, you know. I definitely, you know, sometimes it's not always fun to have people that disagree, but it definitely helps me learn in the class setting. Yeah, I think the important thing is to come in with that attitude of, oh, we can, you know, we can learn something here or we can solidify our own views here um, and not just write it off. I think that's that's an important thing to remember. And it can be fun, too, you know, kind of a, a healthy, friendly debate. It can be fun. It's never fun, Wade. It's <laughs> Yeah. Depends on if you're the winning or losing side. <laughs> I'd say the last two years we've had pretty major debates and controversies with professors. Mm-hmm. Um, and those classes, that's what they like. That's what they remember most. And they know their view now without mm-hmm. a doubt. They've cemented it in their minds what they believe because they were forced into studying it because you either choose one guy or the next professor. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just like sit on the fence. You'd be asked in the lunch line, what you think. (laughs) And it was really cool. Uh, It did for a lot of debate. And there were some, like you had to kind of confess and like ask for forgiveness a few times because you get too heated, but it was good. I think it was all good for us. Yeah. I remember like Maggie and Jagger, like, you know, they were going at it and you know, they all, they made up and everything, but I I do remember that. I remember Jagger ended up, on Maggie's side by the end of the school year, but initially it's kind of, yeah, head to head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, that, this was a group, uh, two years ago. Yeah. They, they like to get into it, uh, especially Jagger. Uh, we'll have to have him on and, and talk about some, some good theological topics, but, um, yeah, there was always in the lunch line or at the lunch table, you're talking about all sorts of different things from class. And yeah. It was a lot of fun. I remember Maggie setting up a 
a video call with my dad and Solomon and Caleb. She was like, Gracie, we have to talk about this. Like <laughs> they're teaching us lies. And so <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. My dad, of course, like had his like five points of like, this is why they're wrong. And Maggie's like, see, I told you. <laughs> uh, it was very heated. It was very fun though. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Definitely. So, um, yeah. And Reed, he's such a funny guy. We, we had so much fun just talking with him and hanging out with him. And, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that, that interview because, because Gracie and I definitely did. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. If, uh, coming to a close here, if you're interested in hearing about philosophy, uh, from Dr. Belcher, then go ahead and jump on the live stream. You can find that on the college's Facebook page. And I do have, again, prayer requests for uh, the little girl Beretta with the um, the chemo and radiation she's going through and just being um, in prayer for her and her, her parents, Aaron and Jenny, and the rest of their family there. And um, I, think, I think that's all for prayer requests this week. Um, again, if you have any comments, questions, or podcast ideas for us uh, or some life advice, something you need help with, go ahead and <laughs> you can send it to each of us personally if you want to, or go to jhbcpod at gmail.com and we'll get your email there and talk about it on the show one day. Um, I will mention that the, the guy who we gave life advice to, he texted me later and he said, you call me stinky. I'm hurt. <laughs> so sorry to that. I don't know. Faithful listener. <laughs> If you put yourself out there, you might not like what happens. Yeah, be ready. Anyway, um, hopefully this all came through good enough. Uh, and we'll see if, if this is a good fix for while, while we're on the road. But um, either way, hope you enjoyed the episode. And we'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.